Sports Comic News, episode 272. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my co-host, Mike. What's up, Mike? Hi, I'm uh, doing well, Chris. How are you, sir? How are you doing? Doing good. Been a, been a busy couple of days, uh, yep. so I didn't get to watch the boys, but a fun busy. Yeah, there you go. Friend had a yeah. uh, housewarming yeah. slash 4th of July party, so All right. okay. went to that. Um, I I notice you have a little Fortress Chris next to you in Pokemon font. I do, isn't it lovely? <laughs> yeah, where is that from, dude? That's pretty sick. Uh, I know somebody who makes them, and he offered one to me. So what? I was like, Hell yeah, I want one. Chris has got connections, people. He's like the he's in like the mob of of uh, fan stuff, like uh, pulp fic, pulp uh, pulp fiction. Yeah, but yeah, the nerd mob. Nerd, you're part of the nerd mob. <laughs> yeah, I could get you a couple of these, no problem. Excelling Pokemon font out of his trunk. Well, I was looking at ones online, and like I found a guy who does a bunch of them. Like he can get you d- done like Twitch letters or whatever, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. really cool. And I was showing a friend, and he's like, yeah, we know someone that has a th- 3D printer. Oh. And I was like, oh, we do? Yeah. And he told me, and then the guy's like, oh, yeah, I could do those. Those are easy. I'm like, oh. That- cool that's like (laughs) sweet can i get one um that's the one thing i haven't really gotten into or tried out 3d printing because it's i know you can get really crazy with that stuff i've seen some of the crazy stuff people make yeah i've known a few people that had them um but most of them were just like they bought it as a toy like this person bought it also as a toy but like does things with it i've watched a bunch of videos on it and i'm just like that seems like way over my head (laughs) And that, yeah, and then the other side of it, like some of the um, some of the customers that I work with actually use three D printing for like production, like making parts for like motors and stuff. It's wild. Like they'll have whole labs of just three D printers, and it's like, is this the same thing that makes like the you know like the sexy anime figures that people print? <laughs> yes, they're they're also going into like vehicles that people are driving. <laughs> It's a as far as like hobbies go, it's a, it's a, one of those strange ones. Yeah, I, I worked with a guy who, once again, he bought it just as a toy, and he would like find random shit online, just print it because he's like, "This is cool." Mm-hmm. And like he yeah. brought, um, he made like a baby Groot for the okay. store we were working That's at cool. and everything. Yeah, it's some cool stuff yeah. you can do with it. Maybe yeah. one day when I'm rich and famous, I'll have the time to do it. But yeah, there you go. Um. Yeah, I, I'm, I almost wonder if we get to the point where, like, everyone has a 3D printer at home. You, like, go online. You're like, oh, that Batman figure is cool. You buy it, and then it, like, prints it on your 3D printer. That's how it works. Like, I know you, just, you can buy files online and stuff, so that's kind of how it works now. But You're paying the $15 just for the file. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like going to uh, online, like, Spotify for music now or something. Uh, I speaking of figures though, I was I was impressed by like um, the quality and the price of the figures they have at Walmart, especially for DC. Like they have a whole aisle at Walmart just for DC figures, and like I I have no room to buy these figures right now. But man, they have some cool ones like multiverse figures from McFarland Toys of all the different Batman, and it's like man, this is making making it really hard for me not to drop some a few bucks because they're only like 15 bucks each for some of these awesome figures. Yeah, that's, I showed you a few weeks ago when the, the beyond ones came out. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. have room or really yeah, anywhere to right. do with this, but 
I need to get them. They yeah. need to sit in a box until I find one. Yeah, at some point. Um, all right, let's... Uh, yeah. I was going to say, because who knows when more Beyond stuff will ever be made again. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's how you felt about the animated series stuff, too. When that stuff comes out, it's like, you got to have it. Yeah, like, I um, have a bunch of those things in a box. I yeah. don't for them, too, but I was like, they're not... They're like, animated series Beyond is my childhood, and there, there's only going to be one, like, big resurgence of them. I feel yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. Well, also it was, a. I remember the big moment when the animated series Batmobile made it into comic shops. That was like, people came out for that. Yeah. I got one. It, yeah. I know you do. It was, I, I got that and the Batwing. So I'm like, Oh, of course uh, I want those. Yeah. It's so awesome. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I was in the Lego store and they had a, uh, you know how they do the busts of like the masks now. Yes. Like, I did see this. Store. Yeah. Yeah, so you saw the 60s Batman cowl with the eyebrows. I was like, oh my god. I've seen that a bunch of times. I th- I figured you knew about that. No, I, I heard like the Lego store isn't like close to me. It's in the bigger mall. It's we don't go to very much. And so like when we do go there, I'll just walk around and look at all the expensive things I won't buy. Um and it was like I was looking at it and I was like, man, as far as Legos go, this one isn't that expensive. <laughs> and I'm like, this would be pretty cool to have. Uh, maybe. Yeah, they've had that for a bit, too, because the last time I went to a Lego store was around my birthday. So we're talking last fall. Okay. And that's when I got the Seinfeld one. Yeah, that one's awesome. And um, they had it then. Because I remember walking okay. by, I'd be like, wow, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. They have so much cool stuff there. Um, all right. Let's uh let's jump into the TV stuff. We're gonna do the Pat's flash facts. This is the uh, We should probably before we get too much further. There is an interview today. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, everybody. We just Travis Gibbs has been on the show so many times that uh he's just part of the show. He's part of the Fortress Comic News and he's helped us out so much. But yeah, he will be on the show today. Yes. Uh, so look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Travis. We love you, man. And I don't know if this is a benefit or a, a bad. I think it's a bad thing because I love you, Mike. But Mike won't be here for the interview, so yeah, yeah, I won't. I won't be around for it. Um, Travis, no hard feelings. I'll still buy your books and read them. Uh, yeah, and I think the latest one I'm waiting for him is uh, uh, the Cthulhu Invades Wonderland. Yeah, which he just got. He either just sent off to the printer or just got from the printer. I don't yeah, know I think he one. sent the digital files, but that was like, ah, I'm going to wait for the trade to come. Yeah, that's what I usually do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to chatting with Travis. He's a good dude. Always looking to help us out. We like to help him out. So, uh, all right. Pat's Flash Facts, Season 8, Episode 20. This is the season finale. Uh, so, we got negative forces going on. There was some good stuff happening in this episode. Apparently, like, Thawne... Uh, becomes the new avatar of the negative forces and he gets a cool new black suit. So there you go. Uh, Barry goes, he go, but then he disappears into the negative force. So Barry chases after him and then he gets kicked out and Thon is outside in the real world. They fight him with all the speedsters. Um, and they fight Thon. His new power sends everyone back in time, except for Barry. Uh, Cecile rescues the positive forces with her psychic powers because why not? Positive forces give Barry extra power to fight Thon. So he ba- they basically both go Super Saiyan with their <laughs> extra powers, their power levels. Uh, Thon tries to harness too much power, negative force, and he implodes. <laughs> nice. 
okay. Iris is saved by the Time Stone, and Damien Dark helps her res- resurrect herself. Okay, that's strange. Everything then goes back to normal. Iris is cured of her time sickness. Then we get Caitlin still trying to bring Killer Frost back. Machine malfunctions and something steps out. Maybe Frost, maybe Caitlin, who knows? So maybe this is how they resolve the whole two different Killer Frost Caitlins. Uh, we'll see. Um, cut back to Barry and Iris. They know the reverse flash will be back. Only a matter of time. Boom. Um, cut to a blue crystal is shown in a laboratory in 2049, setting up that Cobalt Blue will be the season's next villain. Oh, interesting. So another speedster, Chris. <laughs> but this one's blue, Chris. He's not yellow. Yeah, so he's, he's not different. black. He's not red suit. He's a blue. We're going to have a Power Rangers of flashes pretty soon. Oh, God. That's what I'm waiting white for. Suit. Yeah. The fast running Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Yeah. I think one more season of the flash and uh, then they end their suffering. Um, okay. So I, I don't think you've watched Stranger Things. Um, I wrapped up episode eight and nine. This is the like two episodes, but like four hours of content because the last episode's two and a half hours long. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they finished on a, a really crazy finale. It's um, almost like so a couple things. It's you know, we find out that the, the main villain Vecna and this is spoilers for all these shows. What the hell are you doing? Um, if you didn't know that uh, Vecna, who's like the lich of the, the world, the uh, like the the reverse world. Um, they have this whole plan to like go in, invade him and fight and to like fight him and kill him while he's like in his trance uh killing someone and then like so we get some character deaths some people that almost die but there's some like amazing things they do with music in this episode um like everybody's been talking about the kate bush song that's come out from this like it's it's like hit the top charts again but there's a scene where like one of the one of the like thrash metal kids uh, the guy is like sets up his guitar and he has to like he has to attract all these monsters. So he starts playing Master of Puppets <laughs> uh, and it's like he's in the upside down world. So he's like on top of this trailer, like playing Master of Puppets and like this lightning is happening behind him. It's so fucking metal, dude. It was awesome. <laughs> it was like one of the coolest scenes of the whole show. It was like Master, Master, like these giant red lightning bolts behind him. And like Dustin, who's the kid with the curly hair um, that we saw at the Comic-Con that one time. He was like, dude, that was so metal. I was like, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, it was, Talk a, was so happy to be uh, relevant again for five yeah, seconds. Well, you know, you know, if, if everybody knows the stuff with Metallica trademarking and how they destroyed Napster, I'm sure they got a big check in the mail to use that music. Um, and then so like they they pull a uh, it's crazy. They literally pull a Michael Myers and Halloween bit. So. They're like, do you have a mask? They had to steal a car at some point in the mo- in the show. And they're like, yeah, I have a mask. And he's wearing a Michael Myers mask. So they like run over and they start playing like a like a weird version of Michael Myers music. Cut to the end of the episode. Um, they like set they set Vecna on fire, who's the, the villain, and they blast him with like shotgun blasts and stuff. And he falls out of. The- <laughs> so he falls out of the house window and rolls onto the lawn, kind of like the first Halloween. <laughs> um and then when they get down the stairs lo and behold he's not there on the front lawn so they literally take that exact same shot from it was pretty cool i mean obviously it's a tribute to halloween uh they take that exact same shot from Halloween. so he's not dead that's probably where season four comes into play 
there's a lot of other stuff that happens in this episode between like everybody that's split up all over the all over the world. Um, but the I say it's kind of like Empire Strikes Back because they don't save the town. Uh, their town gets like split in like in this giant crater, and now this the upside down world is starting to leak into the real world, and that's kind of how the the season ends. Like oh shit, like we're screwed. Like what do we do at this? Like because they failed. So I do like that. Uh, I think that that makes it interesting to bring it to a next season. Like I'm interested now. Uh, they didn't like, you know, they didn't win at the end. So I really like that. And you need I look to catch forward up. to catching up on stranger things. <laughs> yeah. 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 You'll get there one day. Yeah. When, when nobody else is talking about it, then I'll be like, yeah. dude, did you guys watch like, the stranger things? This? They're like, yeah, Chris, like five years ago, you W, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it won't so be that bad. It'll be like a couple months. No, no people are rewatching it now though. And stuff. I mean, there's some rewatch of, to it i mean it's not that long of a series uh, that's what i want to go back and start from one because i yeah. i can't remember a goddamn thing that happened that show yeah yeah <laughs> so i i think and like the whole story arc is pretty awesome um the boys episode seven you didn't watch uh, i haven't had a chance to yet no there's a big twist at the end i won't spoil this for you because you haven't watched it and it's not like the comics it's only about the show and i'll leave it at that um other than that i mean you know, great episode. They're still hitting all the highs and the lows of like uh, Homelander's piece of shit. Um, uh, the deep is still, you know, banging octopuses. Uh, that <laughs> type of As the deep those does. Are, yeah, those are, the, those are the lows. Honestly, though, the best part is like uh, Soldier Boy. I really hope he comes back for another season because I, I love Jensen Ackles as that character. And they even start to talk about his PTSD and stuff like that in this episode, which is great. Um, because he's like butcher keeps feeding him weed and he's like sm- constantly smoking blunts and he's just like, why are you giving him so much weed? And he's like, because he has severe PTSD <laughs> and they're like walking into the woods together. And he's like, huh? did you hear that? And they're like, no dude, we didn't say anything. He's like, you got to give, stop and give some, like stop giving him so much weed. Cause he's getting paranoid. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, no, it was a really good episode. I mean, this show is amazing. Uh, and then there's a whole other, like, the whole Frenchie. All, all the character arcs are great between, you know, Mother's Milk, Frenchie, um, the whole Holmlander, and the, the like, FBI thing. Um, we do find out that the, the Compound V is going to kill Butcher and Huey if they keep using it, obviously. Um, so, uh, and then Butcher doesn't share that info with Huey. So that's Butcher being more of a piece of shit. Uh, but he basically says to Huey, like, we're going to use it one more time and then we're going to go fight Homelander, finish the job. So he thinks that they can use it one more time before they die. I'm sure it won't backfire at all. Nope. It'll go perfectly fine. Uh, okay. Umbrella Academy season three. You and I watched that. I did. Uh, it's a whole 10 episodes. I think uh fantastic season. Um, uh, so much happened in the season. I mean, the Sparrow Academy is introduced. The whole like conflict of the Sparrow Academy, the re- res- kind of resolution of like, okay, maybe we can get along for the greater good because there's this thing eating up the universe. Um, I all the characters are amazing. I hope for next season. The only downside I, I would say is like Luther and um, the guy with the knives, the two guys that like don't have powers. I hope maybe they get powers by the next season would be cool to see them have like something to do. They have powers. Well, like fighting powers. 
Well, Luther is super strong. Yeah. So he's super strength. And, um, oh, man. Yeah. I can't remember his name either. Nice guy. He, he has like a ability with the the knives where like he can. Yeah. He's kind of like Hawkeye. Like he, ne- he never misses until he misses because the it's story needs him to. It's not as cool as everybody else's power. <laughs> everybody else is way cooler. Yeah. Um, I kind of like him the most in terms of his like character and uh, yeah yeah i think I mean, his powers character. are what they are but i like his right. character the most because he's, he's kind of the batman of the group yeah that's true he is you know um i think overall is a great season we get the whole future look that five was the one who built the um the whole time academy thing which was interesting uh and then by the end of it so they reset everything and none of them have their powers but what we see is their father is like a huge conglomerate owner of everything. Um, he has his wife back, but also they um, they show us another Ben in Korea. So there might be two Bens in this world between the Ben that they had from the Sparrow Academy and the Ben that they had from their previous world. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know where Luther's wife went. Can't think of her name. Uh, so I'm sure he's going to want to fix that. And then, uh, man, I can't remember any of the names cause they use numbers. Uh, but the girl who was trying to get her family back, she's with her family, but I'm not sure. I'm not so sure that she's in like, cause she didn't step on one of the circles at the end of the episode. So I'm not sure that like she's in the same universe as them, or she could just be dead. Like that's why she can see her family now. So, I I kind of thought that the circles were just draining their life to power the the battery, the reset button, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't I didn't take it that way, but I thought the ending was like I it'll be a weird next season, although I think they've said they're doing another season. Yeah, I think they're doing one more. And uh, yeah, so I'll be interested to see where they go. And I almost feel like if you go, I think one more season, then you got to end it. Like, mm-hmm. cause it'll, that was already a really great ending. Right. And that's the problem that TV pre streaming had was that they would get these great endings and then just keep redoing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say I, things I really enjoyed about it were the characters are great. The music scenes were awesome as they always yeah. are. The if wedding you like scene, the other two seasons, I think you'll love this one. The wedding scene was a lot of fun. I think the wedding episode. And I thought that they, uh, not to get super political here, but um, they handled Elliot's transition really well. Yeah, no, they did. Mm-hmm. Like it was literally just a scene where, where he walked down and was like, yeah, I'm Victor. Now I'm a dude. And everyone's like, ah, right, cool. Yeah, like let's that, go on with the story, <laughs> right. and that's all. It, and that's all it should be, right? Yeah, I mean, and it made sense with the character of like this is who I've always been, and uh, the person that he was seeing previously kind of like said, "Okay, you can come out of your box," kind of thing, and that was that was already in the story to begin with. So that I thought that was nice that they handled it very well. Uh, it wasn't like it wasn't like a shock and awe moment. They didn't focus on it too much. Um, and it fit, I think it fit with the season, and the story. No yeah, they deal. had like two moments with it. It was that one. Yeah. And then I, I liked Luther's reaction. Like, do we throw a party? <laughs> yeah, I know that was <laughs> pretty, that, 
that was pretty wholesome. And also when at when he was like, I need to ask you questions, like, will you be my best man? I'm like, damn, Luther is like one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Because uh, so he I, actually cares about everyone. Yeah, I, I love Luther. So I, I love the everything about the season. It was great. Um, it was everything I love about the first two. Um, more of it. And I thought the story was really cool. I liked where it went. I, I don't know what else to say that you didn't say. Like, it's the really new characters great. were great. Uh, oh, the like, clay face dude? Yeah. Or, or like where you would punch him and it would like reflect vibrate. Back yeah. I love that, that power. Good. That was so cool. Yeah. And then he had like, he needed an inhaler. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the, the girl who is pretty much Morpheus from the matrix with the sparrows. She was like one of the coolest, uh, new additions, I think. And that actress did a great job. Yeah. She was really cool. Um, kind of like daredevil esque. Yep. Mm-hmm. She could yeah, see she- through the, sparrows crows whatever they were yeah yeah um and then yeah luther and th- his wife were a really cool relationship mm-hmm. yep. yeah everything and then i like the moments where they got to like spend time with their dad and um mm-hmm. uh, what was the the guy's name that uh, cheats death yeah i don't know I mean, they all have their names and numbers, and I just can't think of any of them. But yeah, the guy, yeah, he can cheat death, and he can like blast away ghosts. That was pretty cool. Yeah, we're we're bad with names here, people. But yeah. uh, I liked his little like mini story with the father, where like he right. learned to yeah. hone his powers, and it was just him killing himself over and yeah. over. Again. Yeah, I know him with Reginald Red, uh, Hargreaves is the guy is the dad. Yes. Um, that moment was awesome. It was like he kept throwing himself in front of the bus. And none of those cars stuck around. They just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hit a like, guy no, and run. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> stops. Whatever. Um, yeah. I thought that was a great scene. Overall, it was a really fun season. Yeah. It's a great show. It, if you're not watching yep. it, I highly suggest watching it. It's a good time. Yep. And then you had some good stuff to say about Miss Marvel. Huh? Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, so we got four episodes out so far. I'll say this. Um, probably my, I probably rank it as my least favorite MCU show, mm-hmm. but I haven't actually, I would put it above Falcon winter soldier. So it'd probably go Falcon winter soldier, then miss Marvel so far. Wait, um, above Falcon winter soldier. Yeah, I liked uh, Falcon. I, I like all of the shows so far. I don't think any of them okay. are bad. Uh-huh. Um, but Falcon Winter Soldier was safe. It was like, yeah, yeah. I just and it had that moment that really stuck with me, where like uh, Cap comes in and like fights Bat Rock the Leaper, and I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right, yeah. Um, well, then that was just a very safe show. Mm-hmm. This one, I thought that the ads for it didn't do it justice, like. You know, I said it over and over again. Like, yeah. I don't like teen drama, so I'm not going to mention the and show. And that's kind of what the trailers were. And yeah, the trailers made out to be like this teen show about like mm-hmm. this kid in high school who has a crush on a boy. And that's like half of the first episode. And then we never really get back to it. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, the rest of it's all about it's basically historical fiction. Like, it's all about this woman's uh, Kamala Khan's family and how if anyone knows their 
British imperial history, um, India was split up into two countries, which created Pakistan. It was called Partition. And her family was affected by this. And that's kind of the crux of the story of how her family got to America. But then the real background is that they're kind of changing her origin where she's a, a jinn. Oh. Her family line is uh, um, jinns. And okay. that's what gives her the power with the amulet. Interesting. And she, like they go back to Pakistan. They have this whole moment there. There's a whole like secret society in Pakistan that, that she uh, trains with. Mm-hmm. And the people she's fighting are these interdimensional people who worked with her great grandmother or grandmother or something like that mm-hmm. and got stuck here, but are don't age in our world. So they, they're like hundreds of year, years old, but they look like they did back when her grandmother knew them. Interesting. And the last episode, she actually ends up falling into like finding out that her powers have like a dimensional time travel ability into them, but it's a dangerous power and Mm -hmm. she ends up going back in time to when partitioning was taking place in Pakistan. And that's kind of where we leave it. Interesting. It's a lot better than I thought it would be. And I, what I like about it is slowly we're getting her costume. Like each episode, she gets a new piece of the costume. Okay. Um, and the actress that plays Kamala is like really, really good. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Maybe She's got that out. bubbly, like fangirl mm-hmm. attitude that it works really well. There's yep. a lot of good things to like about the show. So great. If you were like me and on the edge, I'd suggest give it a shot because it's actually okay. pretty fun. Awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Movie news. Warner Bros. Animation has announced a new animated movie coming later this year titled Battle of the Super Sons. Hell yeah. This film is being directed by Rick Morales and Matt Peters, starring Jack Dylan Glazer, Jack Grifo, and Laura Bailey. Uh, there's a trailer out for the announcement. So this is really pulling from the um, Peter J. Tomasi Super Sons run. Straight up. Yeah. Um, doing its own story, though. Yeah. Yeah, but like with those characters, right? So yeah, so it's the I, int- yeah. intro to them meeting. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the trailer? No, I haven't watched. I didn't know they dropped the trailer. I saw the announcement. I didn't see the trailer. So the trailer, um, the the animation is kind of what the WB animated movies have been recently. Not my favorite, mm-hmm. but it works. Um, so it's the Super Sons meeting for the first time, and then Starro attacks. And takes over the Justice League. So they got to save their fathers so they can save the Justice League. <laughs> That's cool. Um, I'm in for this. We haven't been talking much about Warner Brothers animation because I felt like it's been kind of meh recently. Yeah, I haven't watched anything recent from them. And this is when this was announced, I was really excited because I love the Super Sons. Mm-hmm. And I want to like those animated movies again because I remember right. when those were like the best thing DC was putting out. I still need to watch the Justice Society one, like the World War II one. I haven't watched that yet. Same here. I might actually put that on my list since Fourth of HBO. July. I don't have to work, Mike. True. There you go. And it's on HBO. I I think it's on my list to watch. I just haven't watched it yet. Um, there's so many shows out right now too. It's tough. I got to catch up yeah. on a lot of stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to this movie. Me too. Yeah, big fan of the Super Sons. I don't like the. I don't like the teen Superboy being an adult super Superman. That whole thing, uh, 
yeah. you know Chris and I are huge fans of these the younger uh, team up stuff with them. So yeah, looking forward to it. All right, um, let's hop to this interview with Mr. Travis Gibb, and we'll see everybody on the other side. All right, everybody, I want to welcome back a very special guest, uh, one of our favorite guests, uh, Travis Gibb. Welcome back, Travis. Hey, man. Like, So I got to know, what is my record versus other people? This is what, your third or fourth time? I th- yeah, I think it's my fourth. So I think you're in second place. Who's got me beat? Colin Bunn has you beat. Um, well, he's more talented than me. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I get, uh, I think he wins. Bun has five. I got nothing. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I think Bun has five. Oh, man. When is he on next? Um, uh, TBD. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I got an exclusive and maybe you can help me. All right. You okay. ready? Let's do it. So. I've sent him an email for Cthulhu Invades Neverland, and he's all in, like not even war in, in like he's all in, but he he like is not. He takes forever to reply to the email, so I can set everything up with him. <laughs> like, so I don't even know, like, so he's in, but is he in type of thing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's been. Um... Since doing the Kickstarter stuff, especially, and this is to his credit, this is not a detriment uh, at all, but he's been a little busy. And yeah. uh, I know one of his books, Beyond Mortal, that I got, he got behind on stuff. And I think he was trying to do too much. And so I think he's been focused on trying to satisfy his uh, customers before anything else. So I can speak to that. He's a little tough to talk to. Right well, now, and but. I got Beyond Mortal. I haven't, I didn't read it yet, but I do got it. And it's a beautiful book and it's a, it's oversized. It's a, it's a beautiful book. Uh, but that's what I like. What I do say, what I will say is I, I message probably six like pro tier writers. Colin Bunn was the only person who was like, yeah, I'm all in. Actually, he's not the only one, but he's one of the, the the ones who replied and said, yeah, I'm in, you know, who's who's got that cred level and stuff like that. Even some of the other ones who literally I've been on the phone with or had a beer with did not, they're like, nah, you know, I'm, I'm too big for you, Travis. But Columbine's like, nah, I got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, I won't shout out names, but you know you know who you are if you're listening to this, and shame on you. I had your back. Fun's good people. I, I love talking with Colin. Um, it's always the, the fun thing with talking with Colin is he always has like 20 books coming out at once. So it's like, hey, which one of your 20 books should we talk about now? <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. But that's enough on Colin. Let's talk about you, Travis. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about Colin all day. I mean, did you <laughs> Basilisk? I am so excited for the end of that series. Like, it is so good. Like, are you ready? <laughs> all right, fine. We can talk about me. So it has been a minute, and you're also a busy man. So you've had a ton of books coming out, and since we couldn't get it to work, even though I really wanted it to, let's talk about Grant State Puck for a minute. But yeah, let's talk about it. So how was that book for you? Like, where did that story come from and how do you enjoy the process of that one? Uh, so yeah, Granite State Monk, uh, up till now is probably my favorite book I've ever written. Um, 
It's hella personal. Um, so, um, I, I can't tell you exactly where the idea came from. Um, actually, no, I, no, I can, I can, but it's, it's kind of weird. We can go through the whole process. So Granite State Punk, um, came from, uh, I was listening to, I, I listen to talk radio. I don't listen to like, like regular radio. I listen to talk radio. And there was a guy who did an interview and he said that he went to his old house and knocked on the door and said, Hey, um, ma'am, I think I buried a time capsule in your backyard. I'd like to, to unbury it if that's okay. And the lady was like, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> so he goes and digs by this tree and unburies his time capsule. And he's like, I don't remember this box, but that's okay. And then he goes and knocks on the lady's door and he's like, Hey, would you like to un, un- open it up with me? And they open it up and it's this, this woman's husband's ashes that they buried under the tree. Not his time capsule. Oh, uh, and he just bolted. <laughs> uh, so I thought that that would be really cool if I did a story where a guy, uh, uh, you know, buries his backyard and finds a whole bunch of dead bodies and find out he's connected to witches. Uh, so that is where the main concept came and the double page spread of with all the bones and all that. That was the original concept. And then I decided to make it set in New Hampshire uh, and tie it into the old man, the mountain, and all that stuff uh, that that I love. Um, that that place that it's set in is Rochester, New Hampshire, which is my hometown. So I made it very, very personal. Um, you know, my par- my mom was a recovering alcoholic, so I have all, all that kind of references. Everything about the city that they reference is all things that I, I feel about the area. And it's the most I've ever spent on a single-issue comic book. My grandmother passed away. And I really wanted to um, do a comic book the way I wanted. Because I always make concessions because of where I'm at in my career. And it's mostly money concessions, right? Like I can't get the tier of artists that I want. I can't do this or I can't get these covers. And then Granite State Punk, I kind of threw out all that out of the window. and was like, here's here's the book I want to do with covers I want to do with everything. So that's kind of how it came to be. Um, you know, uh, I have not made it any secret that I am, I'm shopping it around and there is a publisher, um, you know, we're kind of talking about it off air that I do have the contract right now, um, in my mailbox. And, uh, if I sign it, it'll be with that publisher, which is a good feeling to have, right? Like if I sign it, I, I have all that power now, Chris, for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Did this, uh, was this, uh, Originally concepted to be like four issue series, five issue series, something like that, or no, um, no, no, no. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a one shot. Um, but I wanted to write it like it was a four issue miniseries in one issue. Like I, I wrote it that with that intention. So it is because it does have all the beats. Like you, you know, anybody who's read it is like, wow, this could have been stretched out and been a whole miniseries. Uh, but I didn't. I want it. I wanted to come back. I wanted you to have the feelings of stress and dread and anxiety that you have with that character because it's rushed. So all that was kind of done intentionally. Yeah. I mean, personally, that's one of the things I loved about it is I love one shot stories. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not only economical, but just like, I like the idea of just sitting down and you have a whole story right th- then and there. Um, and then obviously it hits all the other beats for me with, you know, my love of the Northeast being a New Yorker, um, but the punk rock scene, which I grew up in and all that stuff. So that book hit me 
very personally as well, just in the the background imagery and everything that was going on with the the story um, that you were doing. As everybody here knows, because I showed off that I got every cover for it. <laughs> well, and uh, you know, it, and it's been no secret that you've been trying to make a path to live in New Hampshire for a couple of years, right? <laughs> Yes, uh, that has been a goal of mine uh, at some point in the near future. Um, we'll that see. Live for like a time motto. You're all in. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, you did uh, another volume of the Cthulhu series. This one being Cthulhu Invades Wonderland. Um, once again, we tried to get together on that one, but it was a. Uh, you're a busy man, and you're you're too busy for me nowadays. So, but how was that book uh, for you? Uh, I'm definitely not too busy for you. The problem <laughs> is, I'm doing I'm doing so much, and just trying to line it up. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a great experience. You know, it ended up being 230 pages. Uh, it was an amazing graphic novel. Uh, you know, I know that I have a book that's a hit when your your counterpart buys it. You know, uh, when he, he's willing to, to spend that Kickstarter money, he's not as uh, willing to do that as much as you are. So it's got to be something that really resonates with him. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's been great. And I've have some great creators. The book is all done. We sent up the digital. Everybody's been very happy with the results so far. So I, I couldn't be happier. It's at the printer now. It's going to be two weeks till it get back to me. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to come back right when I'm on vacation. So it'll probably be another week after that, but within 30 days, people start getting it. That's awesome. Have you been having any issues with uh, the the printing or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paper shortage is a real thing and really, really bad. Um, I am literally only getting it because I'm paying extra to do it with the people who do um, – they're the ones who do free comic book day, actually. They, they do hire – it's not going to be free comic day stock, just for the record, before you think that, but they're the ones who do free comic book day uh, stuff. But they happen to have paper. They charge a little bit more, which is fine, um, because I, I'm kind of trying to make up for it being a little bit late, because I'm never late. You know, you've backed a lot of my Kickstarters. I'm never late. Uh, and mm -hmm. this is one is a month behind, which for in Kickstarter world is like, and – <laughs> right, like being a month behind is is not anything new for anybody on Kickstarter, uh, especially with the paper shortage. But me being a month behind is like ah anxiety. Uh, but yeah, we're we're gonna get it all done and get it all out to everybody. If it makes you feel any better, Travis, I just got a Kickstarter that I backed two years ago, and it came in the oh, mail yesterday. <laughs> really? That's insane. How is that even possible? I don't know. I don't want to slander these people on air. I, I love the book itself, but uh, yeah, it's been... I thought the book was canceled. I was like, well, I, I lost like 20... I think it was $27, $28. I'm like, okay, I lost it. That's the only time I ever lost money on Kickstarter, so I was like, yeah. I think it's right. a pretty good track record. Everybody else, I'm doing okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just shows up one day. I'm like, what the fuck is this? You want to hear something worse? I got a Kickstarter message this week, and I kid you not, I'm not going to put the person on blast. But is here's it Rob what it Liefeld? said: It's not Rob <laughs> Liefeld. Uh, it's I know I made thirteen thousand on this campaign, but uh, I can't afford to print it. I just can't. It's been three years. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, here is the comic book. It is done. If you'd like to print it, here's the print files. Go ahead and print it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just, I don't know how to respond to that. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and then the Especially worst part you is, as somebody who's done it, like, right. <laughs> um, Thirteen thousand is a shitload of money for a comic book. <laughs> It is, and he went from 30 pages to 150, and that's one of his reasons why he can't print it. And I'm like, but who asked you to do that, sir? Like, did, is there a, a list of people who said, hey, like, I'm giving you so much money, you need to make it 150 pages. <laughs> like, I went to his Kickstarter, like, he was promising, like, an anime, and, like, I don't think you understand how much money goes, like, to these things. Uh, but, yeah, and then he doesn't, he's not taking it very well either, like, like two people left of negative comments, which I would expect if someone did something like that, like my comment box would be filled. It was literally mm-hmm. two people and he did a video. And he's like, don't try to cancel me. I fulfilled the best of my ability. As far as I'm concerned, it's done. I'm like, okay. All right, dude. <laughs> so yeah, it was interesting. Under promise over deliver. Uh, everybody out there. Remember that. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Oh, Kickstarter. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, well, and then you heard about, uh, you, you heard about the, you're, you're my friends. That's right. They Cthulhu invades Wonderland was cloned the other week. Somebody made a copy of my Kickstarter and put it on Kickstarter. (laughs) Like my whole thing. They copied the page and put it on Kickstarter and it got through the somehow through the like submission process and I had to get it shut down. It's, yes, because I, I actually um Yeah, you posted about it and I went and immediately uh flagged it for you. Right. I, well and then they did it to somebody else this week. Uh another Wonderland book, which is crazy. Like like come on, Kickstarter, get your shit together. <laughs> so Travis, you are here for a reason. You have a comic on Kickstarter right now. Let's talk about that book. Voodoo Nations number three. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, this book is completely done. Um, I think I sent you the digital, didn't I? No, but... Well, we'll get it done right... We'll get it in a minute. I'll I'll send it to you right now. (laughs) We'll know why we're on. Uh, But yeah, it's 100% done. Um, It is uh, fully colored. Uh, It's a new art team, which is cool. We've... uh, the, the person who was doing the art before, he got really, really sick and some stuff. So we split from the art team. So we've got a brand new art team. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. And I'm excited that we have issue three out and ready to go. And uh, I'm just stoked, man. Uh, Cthulhu, uh, for those who don't know, Voodoo Nations is about two missionaries. They go to Brazil. They meet this evil voodoo priest. That uh, voodoo priest kind of messes up their marriage, messes up their life kind of flies them all over the place. Um, they go to New Orleans to try to fix their marriage. They find out that the husband's not right ever since the, they met up with that voodoo priest. He kind of goes off, and uh, this their marriage is falling apart, and they keep meeting new voodoo priests that kind of mess up their life, and they're trying to escape it. So uh, it's it's a fun fun little ride, and we've got some cool covers uh, on this one. And, and just it's all around like super excited that it's out and it's doing really well. Uh, you know, where we've got 10 days left to go and it's been killing it. Yeah. I think this is your best group of covers so far. I, I really dug, especially the first variant, um, with the, the glow in the dark one. Yeah. They're like glow in the dark, the, the day and night. Yeah. 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 So you yeah, said, uh, uh I, Oh, I was gonna say you said new art team. So let's, Talk about new art team real quick. Uh, 
Is there so are they just going to continue on with the series, this new art team? Or are they going to go back and redo issue one and two, or what's your plan with them? Yeah, they're going to continue. Um, if you've noticed, if you notice on the art, like you can't really tell the difference. Like, not that like him and Luke are are, are I pick someone specifically that was very similar in art style. So it's not going to be a drastic feeling. You can see it on certain characters, like his Bishop Lucas. Uh, I like uh, Luke's is a little better, but ho- and hopefully we'll adjust that before the next campaign. But for the most part, um, you, you're gonna it's gonna feel pretty seamless because they're very similar. The the where you'll see it though is this guy is very very detailed in backgrounds and like details on. Um, like he fills backgrounds where, where Luke didn't like this guy will, will draw like a hundred people in a background. No problem. Uh, he kind of fills up the page, which is, which is kind of cool. We also have a new colorist on it too. Um, the front part of the book is with the old colorist and then he got busy. So we have a new colorist on the back end and it's, uh, it's, it's dope. It's, it's really, really, really cool. Uh, just the way this book came out. It's very different from the first two. So the first two, if you remember, are kind of slow. And not slow in a bad way, just we're telling the story at a slower pace. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, a Broke Down Affordabilities or like a Granite State Punk where I'm I'm kind of speeding through the story. It's kind of a slower pace, kind of a more emotional driven. This one kind of speeds up the pace, gets very, very dark, very fast. You know, you can definitely go, oh, this is a horror comic. Where in the first two, you could be like, there's horror elements, but I don't know if it's, it's more of a horror or drama, you know? Uh, but yeah, you can definitely feel it. And there in the chat, I just sent you uh, the full book. <laughs> yeah, the first two issues are really setting up what your characters are. Like the first one, we get the, the issue. I won't go into spoiler territory, but we get the issue with the husband and wife. And then issue two was kind of setting up not only that there's more voodoo priests out there, but that they're connected somehow. Right, right, right. And, and really it's, it's a character driven story, right? It's about these people. Um, I, I would say it's akin to, I'm not Robert Kirkman, but it's more of akin to a walking dead, right? Mm-hmm. Walking dead. You, you don't, you can read a whole issue of walking dead and barely a zombie shows up or they kill a zombie in the first page just to show you that zombies exist and then the rest of the issue is just about inner politics it's kind of in that style you know where i'm trying to tell a very character driven story and in the story much like granite state punk is is a little personal to me right this this story is about and i've kind of shared in some interviews and maybe even shared on yours um my mom died and i went to new orleans with my brother and we were drinking and going crazy which if you remember the beginning part of this interview, I just told you my mom, you know, my mom went into AA. So there was a little, my mind was kind of messed up, right? Like it's not very honoring to your mom to go crazy drinking when she's at AA. Uh, so I'm going crazy, crazy nuts and I'm kind of distant. And it's about my wife, you know, kind of sticking by me when I could feel like in my heart, like there is a part of me that's changed and it's not coming back. And I don't know how to reconcile with that with my wife and going like, I don't know what to do here. Like I'm missing a part of me and I don't know if I'm the same person. I don't know who I am. I don't know who I'm going to come out on the other side of this. Do you want to go through this trip? And that's kind of what the story is. A fictional version of that is this person who's watching her husband go through this crazy scenario and her just trying to fight for, for the person that she loves back, you know? So it's, it's it's personal in that aspect and trying to tell that on the page. 
And uh, going through some of the the tiers for the campaign, I mean, I know you got the just get the book, you got PDF and everything. What's your crazy thousand dollar campaign? You know, what's your big uh, thing that you're doing for this one? You know, I'm I'm not going super super crazy on this one. Um, you know, our, our higher tiers are in the hundreds, but we have a collector's kit that has, um, uh, you know, all the covers and it has, you know, what, what I like about it is it's got the Voodoo Nation's Guns N' Roses cover, which I, people are really loving. So I, I took the Appetite for Destruction, made it Appetite for Redemption, and I have the main character in the middle and then the four Voodoo Priests that she meets up with throughout the story. Uh, and what I like about it is a lot of people do homages, myself included, has done homages. But this homage really fits the story, right? Like these are this really makes sense to the whole plot of the story. Like it's it almost like it fits fits the comic. So that that's one of our new things that we're doing on this one. Um, I didn't go too crazy. We do have a T-shirt which we added to the back end. Uh, so we're adding little things. Um, we have a, a tier where I, I give some of our uh, Substack covers and we have a, a cover that's not on the, on the pledge levels that that's kind of in the back there. So we offer that. So there, there's some cool stuff there, but I didn't go crazy. I didn't go medals. I didn't do any of that stuff. I'll probably save that for issue four and do like a metal collection of, of the stuff. But I, I kept it pretty basic for you guys. Uh, you know, not just because of, 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 not just because of me, but also because of you. I know that right now we're in a weird world where the gas prices is like almost five bucks and, you know, money's tight. You can feel it on Kickstarter. You can feel it everywhere. So I tried to keep it affordable for people to get into the story, not trying to kill you, just trying to get you to enjoy, enjoy the book. I'll tell you, the only um, Kickstarter regret I have of, of your stuff was the Granite State Punk one. When there was the what was the the punk band you came up with? It was Yankee something. Yeah, the the Yankee Swappers. Yeah, when I saw because I saw a picture of you wearing the t shirt, and I was like, oh, it's a nice t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I have an extra one. We can make it. We can make it happen. So uh, you brought up another thing that I, I um, did want to talk about real quick because I haven't talked to anybody about this yet. That's uh, doing it. How's Substack? Uh, Substack is great. Uh, I am loving Substack. I'm doing. I'm doing well. Um, I have a few subscribers, and I do something neat. So I'm making a comic with my Substack creators. So if you pay, uh, so there's two things you get. If you're a paid Substack member, so you can pay as little as five dollars a month, or you can pay like it's. I think it's like seventy five dollars or sixty dollars a year. It's pretty inexpensive. You get a free Substack cover when you back my Kickstarter. So every book that I come out with, which is between four to six, I try to do six. I, I'll give you at least four. You get a free cover with it, which is pretty cool. Or if you don't want to pay, like let's say you don't want to pay, but you just want to be on the free part of it, you can still get that Substack cover, but you have to pay for it. So the, it's like a $15 upcharge to get that, which is kind of cool. Uh, and that's a cover that's not on the on the Kickstarter page. You don't see it. You have to go. You have to bend in the Substack to get it. But we're also building a comic. We have a comic coming out called um, "The World Edited in 2012," and people have been able to to give me feedback on the logos. They've been able to give me feedback on the the characters and giving some of their. They're all kind of hackers, so they're giving like code names for that. Um, in the next couple of weeks, they're going to get the script. We're going to go through the script. And then they're going to decide the art team and we're going to start production of the book. 
together with the Substack, which is kind of cool. That is really neat. Yeah, yeah. It's I figured it's something I can do, and then even when we're done, I'm gonna even go further than that, Chris. I'm gonna let them decide what we do with it. So once we get the issue done, do we want to submit it to publishers? Do we want to go the Kickstarter route? Do we want to try Crowdfunder, this new one, you know, or or Zoop or or whatever we want to do? We're gonna vote on that as a group and see what we want to do. So. How far does that power go if you get an offer from Image and they're like, nah, this isn't an Image book. Are you going to stick by it? I'm sticking by it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, my Substack said no. My Substack said no. <laughs> they have all the power, all my seven seven or so paid Substackers. <laughs> but I, I think it's pretty neat. You know, I've made, you know, a little bit of money, which is not anything crazy, but it's really cool. I know I'm not like Donny Cates, but I know that like I have a fan base that's willing to not only do I want to back your stuff when it's done, like I want to be part of the development. I want to be all in early with Travis. And I think that's kind of cool. Like, I think it's really, really cool because I don't think writers have that opportunity very often. Right. Like artists can do it all the time with Patreons and they can give sketches and this and that. But writers, it's really hard to like build a fan base in that. And I think I've found a unique way to get my fans involved in it. And it's just that book, but you you know, they get some insight on some stuff on what I'm doing. Uh, they were the first people to know that I'm doing a sequel for Granite State Punk. So we are coming out with a, another one shot. Um, they were the first people to know about that. And it's, it's kind of neat to have this, this inner, inner fan base that that's kind of all in. Yeah. I love the Substack for writers thing. Like it gave writers a place to go. And right. uh, even before comics kind of got involved when it was just like journalists and some like short, not short story writers and stuff. Like it's just a cool concept. And I'm glad that, uh, thank you, Nick Spencer for getting comics involved with it. <laughs> right. I, I mean, we're still mad at you for Spider-Man, but other than that, like we're still good. We're still good. Though, though Nick Spencer, you messed up Spider-Man so much that Dan Slott had to come back. So we're not like, we don't even know what to tell you. I mean, so I know this is one of the things me, you and I disagree on. I'm not a big Spider-Man fan, and I'm not a Dan Slott fan. So when I heard he's going back to Spider-Man, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you sit over in Spider-Man world. <laughs> uh, my, my big thing is, so it's only happened a couple of times, right, where Spider-Man has beat out Amazing Spider-Man, right? Todd McFarlane did it. Right, where they're like, no, Todd, you can't be on Amazing anymore. You're not good enough. Here, have Spider-Man. Why is it selling so well? What is happening? Wait, wh why are you leaving? Wait, you're forming Image. Why are you taking Jim Lee? Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> uh, so I just assume that Dan Slott is doing the same thing. He's going to take over and there'll be Image 2.0. Uh, of course, Dan Slott doesn't have that pull and he's, he gets angry on the internet way too much. Yeah, and I almost agree with you because I, I like Jim Zub. He does some good books, um, sure. especially when he goes to like licensed uh, property stuff. But in Spider-Man world, he's not Dan Slott, so I can right. see that happening. So let's yeah, see. We, I, I, like the, I, I like what he's doing with Spider-Man so far, but, you know, uh, again, it, it's, it's so weird when you think about it because they did the brand new day thing where they had four writers doing it, kind of fighting for the position. They gave it to Jim and then they're like, 
Jim, how you doing? You, you feeling good? You're three issues in. Hey, we're going to announce uh, Dan Slotback, just so you know. And he's pulled off a Fantastic Four, which I still want an explanation from Dan. Because why is Dan not going to 50? It's a good question. A- apparently his story is over. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Right, right. Um, and uh, you and I are friends with Pepos, right? Like, we like yeah. Pepos. I'm happy that Pepos is ending and going to 50, but like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm also interested, and this is not a slam Pepos, but I don't feel like he's the new ongoing Fantastic Four writer. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> so I'm interested to see who is going to be the ongoing Fantastic Four writer, because there's a few names that could get me through the door. I always try Fantastic Four, um, but a lot of people just don't do good with Fantastic Four. Imagine, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying this is happening, um, but imagine if Hickman's back. Like, that's why he left X-Men. This is all like a, a big coup. All right, Fantastic Four, you need to leave. All right, fine, we'll give you a Spider-Man title. That's fine. Um, Hickman, all right, you're mad at X-Men. That's fine. Uh, you can have Fantastic Four back. Mad at is just like bringing back comics from a couple of years ago which were fantastic that'd be amazing <laughs> I, I mean i'm all in like please let it be true i know i'm just like speaking uh like things into existence but uh, if hickman's back with fantastic four uh i i would never i would be so happy yeah I, that'd be amazing i almost i was thinking about jason aaron doing it because that's like the only big marvel thing he hasn't done yet um, and then my mind it's, always goes to Donny Cates because Donny Cates could write my death scene. I would be in love with it. So <laughs> it's possible, but Donny Cates on the record has said he's really bad at team books. He also says he's really bad at writing Reed Richards because of how smart he is. And, and I, I can get that. Like you, you really like, I think Reed Richards is probably the, the hardest guy to write because you have to be smarter than the audience. Right. You know, Grant, you need to be a Grant Morrison. You need to be a, you know, a Hickman. You know, you need to be someone who you're like, I don't know what you're doing, like, but I'm all in. Uh, well, listen, that's a low yeah. bar over here. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be, it could be Jason Aaron. Um, you know, because it does feel like he's wrapping up his Avengers run with the with everything going on. Uh, definitely, he's been doing see, it for a while. I could also see Karen Gillan. Um, getting the Fantastic Four run, too. Um, I, would like I, I think they have something. I don't know what it is, but Karen Gillan, they keep keeping Karen Gillan around, and they're not giving giving him anything, and I think they're going to give him something soon, something big. Well, I think when they gave him Eternals, they're like, this is going to be the next big MCU movie. Dude, like, you want to get in on this. And then everybody right. saw that movie. <laughs> 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 right, right, exactly, and he did great. By the way, I I've loved his his run, but yeah. I don't give a shit about the Eternals. So uh, it's I I totally get why it's not doing well. <laughs> I fell off because I feel the same. The Eternals just after a while are too much. Like they're really good in short spurts. <laughs> right, and even with Thanos, right, even resurrecting Thanos and keeping Thanos in the book, you still aren't keeping the fan base's interest. So and Travis, this crossover is ridiculous. Oh, go ahead. This crossover. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't even read the free comic book day issue yet, but I'm just sitting there like, I don't know about this. 
yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't even know what Jason Aaron's doing with this, uh, his new continuity with uh, Billion. I, I just don't understand. He needs to go back to rush, writing uh, Russian vampires. I hated it. And then when the, the storyline finally came and the She-Hulk thing, I was like, all right, I'm all in. <laughs> Russian vampires all day long. <laughs> I was in love with his this part of his Avengers run where it was like, we're going to go fight Dracula. And now Dracula's a town in Russia. Right. And then Blade's going to be the sheriff of the town. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> Can I just get this book? <laughs> right. <laughs> but and, I like goofy, and, stupid things, Travis. Well, yeah. And, and Jason Aaron's like, the real Ghost Rider is, you know, the All Rider, which is, you know, my guy who is, uh, you know, dry, not riding a motorcycle. He's the Ghost Rider. He's not, Jason. Stop telling me he is. No, he is. He's the dude. He, he's not, though. <laughs> Jason loves his people, man. He's loyal to the end. So, so Travis, uh, once again, thanks so much for taking the time here. But before we take off, um, first, where can people follow you online? And then um, one more shout out to the Voodoo Nations Kickstarter. Yeah, you can find me, uh, Travis Gibb on Facebook, Jester Lou on Instagram and Twitter, J-E-S-T-E-R-L-O-U, or Travis Gibb dot substack.com those are the places we also have a great uh web store um right now uh orange cone uh we've been doing uh, we have two exclusive books on there parallels uh, issue three as well as holiday spirits we had a, a christmas in july special on there so if you're into orange cone and you want books that aren't kickstarted that's a great place to get them if you want to try them try them out um and then yeah voodoo nations which is uh live on kickstarter right now we have 10 days left Love to get some more love to get it up. Uh, if you don't know, Kickstarter uh, is right now. It's it's tough. It's there's a lot of good stuff on there. Um, but I'd love you to to jump on board on issue three and uh, so see we can finish this story right. And now that it's July, I can officially read Christmas in July issue. It's been sitting on my shelf waiting for July. <laughs> smart, smart. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody out there remember to check the show notes down below i'll have the link to travis's website web store as well as the kickstarter of course so everyone go check that book out um first two issues are phenomenal and i'm sure the third is just as good so yeah once again travis thanks so much for uh being here thank you welcome back to the show mike we're on the wow. other side wow i popped out and here i am popped back in uh, blinked in, blinked out, messing with the timeline. Yeah, so uh, uh, Travis's Kickstarter is live now, I believe, right? Yes. So go uh, check it Voodoo out. Voodoo Nation number three. Voodoo Nation. Yeah, Voodoo Nations. Check it out. Um, all right, let's 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 do a little bit of comic news we have here. Marvel recently announced that Dan Slott will be leaving the Fantastic Four after the Reckoning War event, and now we know what he will do. Starting in the fall, Dan will team up with Mark Bagley to return to Spider-Man with a new ongoing series following the events of the final Spider-Verse event, simply called Spider-Man. Okay, so he's leaving the Fantastic Four event to go to a Spider-Man event. Or, yeah. Spider-Man ongoing, but... Ongoing. Yeah, like... I was hoping... I mean, I don't know. I'm not a Dan Slott fan, so I don't really care. But... But I was wondering what he was going to do because he did Spider-Man for so long. Like, yeah, I want to say almost 10 years. I could be wrong about that. And then he did Fantastic Four for like two. 
it. So you're going to go back to Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Because I don't want I don't really care about reading a Spider-Man book. So stay on Spider-Man. Right, <laughs> right. right. Uh, maybe the fans, maybe the Spider-Man fans like him. But yeah, I haven't Spider-Man really fans love Dan Slott. Okay, there you go. So I'm sure they're excited. But for me personally, I was like, I was kind of hoping you were going to try something new. Yeah. Go with what you know, I guess. Yeah. They probably gave him a big cha- paycheck for it. It's hard to say yeah. no. Same with Bagley. Like Bagley's a, he, been a legendary Spider-Man uh, mm-hmm. artist forever. So I'm sure there's big money there for them to do that. Big money. Uh, Image Comics has announced that they're publishing a new edition of the series The Mighty. I never read The Mighty. Did you? I didn't, but I'm going to pick this up because I've always wanted to read it. Yeah. Uh, Mighty was originally published by Dark Horse back in 2014 as a 12-issue series, and then a collected edition, but it was by Peter J. Tomasi, Keith Champagne, Chris Samney, and Peter uh, Snezberg. The new collection will include the original 12 issues, three rare eight-page stories, and new behind-the-scenes material. The Mighty is set to release fall 2022. Okay, well, they're collecting it for us, so I guess, you know, huge fans of Tomasi, uh, and if they're collecting it all with this nice complete edition, why not pick it up? Yeah, and makes sense. I also love Samney. Samney's a great artist, so I'm. Yeah, I'll be picking it up. I've I've wanted to read it for a while now, and uh, they just gave me an excuse to buy it. There you go. <laughs> um. All right, let's talk about what we read this week. Let's do it. Uh, as you know, I've been going crazy with my uh my subscription uh, for my library card with uh, with Hoopla, where I can read digital comics for free. So I finished up Ice Cream Man, Volumes 1 and 2. I, I don't know, is this a book that you wanted to read too? Because I, you know, I keep seeing so many issues of it out there for Image Comics. Um, it was one of those books where I originally saw it, I'm like, that looked interesting, and now there's like 40 issues out there. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those I thought was like, looked interesting, but... Yeah, my reading plate's so heavy right now that it's yeah, not it, something. I don't. I'm not. I'm not so sure it's something you would. It's more like it's more horror esque, uh, like Twilight Zone. So the way it's written, I say is like the Twilight Zone because every issue of Ice Cream Man revolves around this creepy Ice Cream Man, like messing with people's lives. Like, like you know, they get skinned alive, they get eaten by bugs, like weird, grotesque shit starts happening to them. But the Ice Cream Man is like the one kind of behind it all in the town. So each, each uh, issue is like this weird rendition of like a twilight zone episode or something freaky or weird is happening to a person. Um, volume two actually really stands out because there's this amazing issue where this guy, they, it usually starts with the character walking up to the ice cream man and ordering ice cream. And he gets a, he gets like a Neapolitan, which is like the, the red, uh, the, the strawberry vanilla and chocolate and then the rest of the issue he's like walking home eating the ice cream but like they split the pages into three sections and each is a different shade just like the ice cream and then he goes through three different timelines of his life so like the top one he like meets a girl the bottom one he like meets a, a dog and raises like finds a stray dog and raises it and I forget what the bottom one is he oh he gets ch- he like gets chased by like a psycho killer or something but the, the issue actually finishes on three separate stories of like growing old with the dog, like him having a falling out with his wife and then 
the last one is like he's like getting killed by this awful ice cream man guy but it was such a like interesting way to do an issue and like you know three separate realities just from like eating the three ice cream. it was it was so well done so they do really good with that but then there's also this overarching story of like this man i almost want to call him the man in black because he kind of reminds me of a. Uh, 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 the dark tower. Like he, he almost looks like a gunslinger that's kind of following the ice cream man around. So he pops up in, in different issues and like stops him from doing bad shit. And they have like conversations of like, they know each other. So I don't know if they're like angels and demons or what they are, like where they come from, but they know each other. So there's also that overarching story. And the, the art is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it just, it's not what I expected, but it's it, they're doing a really good job of handling the, the one-shot stories, but also like creating this overarching plot. So really enjoying it. Cool. Uh, Dragon Ring number one. This is a Kickstarter from Mr. Cullen Bunn. Don't know if you picked it up. I don't remember even hearing about this one. Yeah, this one kind of flew under the radar because Dragon Ring is like a... I guess it's like a series from the past. I've never read any other Dragon Ring stuff. All I know is there's these people that pull up the mantle of dragon ring like you're some warrior and that's kind of what this issue is uh this person finds out that they been given the mantle by their father and uh there's other people uh like coming to get her like other like ninja people or whatever and it's like a fantasy plot i think call it bun is still going to keep doing this it's published through a website i forget what it's called or a publisher but i think they're going to keep going through kickstarter for this stuff um Batman Fortress, number two. This is Gary Witta and Derek Robertson. Um, yeah, so the first issue was the alien invasion. This issue, the Justice League tries to fight the aliens. Um, a bunch of them get sucked into the, like this giant egg thing, and then Cyborg dies. Uh, Batman takes Cyborg's head to try to like use it to figure out what the hell's going on. But we do know the aliens are looking for Superman and Superman's still missing. And it's like Kryptonian style. Like they say, oh, Superman destroyed our world. So we need to destroy his kind of thing. Uh, and I don't know if you when you read it, but those aliens almost gave me like Ginyu Force vibes. With like <laughs> the different size and shapes and colors of them. I'm like, wow, they kind of remind me of like a Ginyu Force. <laughs> I could get that. I got yeah. um, Space Bastard vibes. Probably yeah, because that's it, name yeah. artist and all that. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I still I love like that it, last uh, scene though of them like walking away from Kent Farms and it's just on yeah. fire. <laughs> yeah, they just like, like holy shit. Set Kent. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. I'm, I'm interested to see where, where they go with that. I'm liking it a lot so far. Yeah, that was a really good issue. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, Avengers Mech Strike, They Who Fight Monsters, number one, Christos Gage, uh, Paco Diaz. So I will say this. I know I said I'll I'll read anything with giant monsters, giant robots, blah, blah, blah. But I think, I believe Greg Rucka did the other series. Mm. Uh, was it her? I say Greg Rucka. I can't, I can't think of who. I'm going to have to look it up now. I don't think it was Greg Rucka, though. Yeah, the, the first Avengers mech strike. Um, no, it wasn't Greg Rucka. Jed McKay. Jed McKay. Uh, I do miss Jed McKay on this series. Um, I mean, yeah, it's fun. Like, there's this cool storyline of Doctor Doom gets this Kraken eye and turns a bunch of villains into monsters. 
And then the heroes get Doctor Strange to use his Kraken eye to infuse their mechs with monster powers. And then that, you know, goes wrong, obviously, by the end of the issue. I thought it was good. It was almost like, but there's something about it that it was just like wasn't done as, I don't know, I don't know if it was the art or the setup, but it just almost looked like it was more half-assed than the first Avengers mech strike. I don't know if that makes sense. It felt like an old Saturday morning cartoon. Yes, that's what it felt like, which is not a bad thing. It just, it wasn't the same thing. I still like it for the giant monsters and the giant mechs, though, let's be honest. I, I did enjoy it, but it wasn't as good as the last one. I agree. Yeah, but it did have yeah. that premise of like, it's the Transformers, but now they're animals. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty know, much. It's, yeah. It's the yep. Avengers mechs, but now they're monsters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so not bad. I mean, if you do like it, you'll enjoy it, but, um, it's more of like enjoying it for the art. It, it's still not as good as power Rangers versus Godzilla. That shit is just awesome. (laughs) I guarantee they read that and were like, we could probably do this. Um, I do like the, the choice of villains. I will say that it's like Dr. Doom, Venom, uh, green goblin working together. And Loki and Loki. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a different yeah. team, like a different. Yeah, yeah. And even the cool. Avengers, it was um, Hulk, Tony, yeah. or Iron Man, the Wasp, um, uh, Black Panther, and the Wasp. Yeah, that was an interesting team up. Yeah, so the team up uh, was fun too. Swamp Thing issue fourteen. There's only a couple more issues left of this. Um, so Levi, uh, if you remember, he was. He was taking most of his powers were taken away. Green Lantern shows up because they're being invaded by these things in outer space. Um, Levi decides to just jump into those things and take the plunge because this, this is what has been brought there by the green to like destroy the parliament of gears, all the, the world's um, machinations of like their all that we built and like destroyed the earth and all this stuff. So he jumps in and, and, uh, has a conversation like you don't need to rid this isn't an infection. Like there's a good way, like help me help me. And I can, I can take care of this and, and finish the job. Um, Woodrow and the pilgrim who's now like been altered by Woodrow to be like half, like dead guy, half person. Um, they find the parliament of gears and it's trying to consume the world because it's, a, it's its own parliament. Now also, the Trinity that has been woken up in all of this is being drawn to the, to the battle and, uh, and, and where everything is happening. So we don't really know why she's there. Uh, Levi is inside one of the ships, like one of the, the, like the biomass ships and sends it down to earth to fight it like this huge explosion. And when he lands, he needs green lanterns help to reform himself because he doesn't have a lot of, he doesn't have a lot of energy, a lot of power from the green, and Green Lantern, this is an amazing scene where he's like, you know, chanting the oath and like helping Swamp Thing reform. And when he reforms and comes out of the ground, he has a Swamp Thing body, but he has the lantern chest symbol and he's like glowing green. And it was fucking awesome. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was. Dude, this this Swamp Thing series is so good. There's only a couple issues left, but man, Rambi is just killing it. it yeah, I was like when I, re- I saw the end of the issue, I was like, oh, my God, that was sick. Um, yeah, really good stuff. I know I, I say a lot of good things about this book. Everybody should be reading it. 
Uh, Eight Billion Genies, number two. You want to talk about that one? or? Uh, I actually haven't read that one yet. Okay, so this is just more of the first issue, you know, people using their wishes. Uh, we get to see some people's cool wishes. And then uh, by the end, and like, and then they talk about like some of the rules behind wishes and how some can cancel each other out, depending on like, you know, our president wanted to be the ruler of the world. And then like the people in the Middle East wanted to be rulers of the world. So like they have a phone call. <laughs> they have a phone call and like, they're like, you need to do what I say because I'm in charge of everything. And they're like, no, you need to do what I say because I'm in charge of everything. So there's like, there's still some like, you know, there's still some constraints and rules about the about the wishes. And then this family shows up at the end to, uh, they want to come into the bar and I, I'm not sure if it's for a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I guess we'll find out more next issue. Last book I had to read this week. I have more. I just didn't get to them. Batman beyond the white Knight Number four. Um, really good issue. Uh, we get the conversation with, yeah, with Barbara Gordon and Bruce of like, okay, I do want to, I do, I actually want to help you. I only arrested you because all the other cops were around. Um, you have Bruce back in the bat cave. We get a bat hound. We get, we get ace, the bat hound, uh, on this issue. Pretty amazing. Love Cause he lets Joker name ace. And I yeah. love how they get to ace through Joker. Yeah. He's like, what's your obsession with cards? <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so, you know, Terry McGinnis is still working with, uh, powers, but we find out that before Terry McGinnis's dad died, he came to him and said, powers is evil and needs to be stopped. So powers has been pitching this whole thing that Bruce Wayne is evil and like trying to destroy the city and he killed your father, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but now we know the reveal that like Terry McGinnis was told by his father, that the dude he was working for was bad. So now it's leading me to believe that like Terry McGinnis is kind of doing something, well, not doing something, but he's doing this to get closer to powers to try to bring him down rather than being blinded by powers and working with him. At least that's what I thought this issue. Yeah. I love that issue. I love that and, series. I love and then the red hood. Hand. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and then the, the red hood shows up and he, we're going to get another one shot with him next issue. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I like the Harley Quinn, like many they did without yep. um, Murphy. So yeah, I hope oh, this one's good. good too. That's what I had this week, Chris. So real quick, I'll go through some of last week's because I didn't read much last week and I caught up. Um, Batman Superman World's Finest we didn't talk about, but it was a good issue. I like the whole like them combining to be one Batman Superman amalgam like dragon mm-hmm. ball z style yep um that's been a good series so far punisher war journal blitz number one this is like a side story within that punisher series they're doing okay um it was okay i don't unless you're like a huge punisher fan i don't think you really need to read it but it was a story about how punisher goes after hate monger and mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy me some hate monger and I do enjoy watching hate monger get shot because he's a piece of <laughs> shit. So <laughs> nice. Nice. So good times. Yeah. Um, the all nighter number seven, um, which oh. is kind of bringing the fact that the superheroes have been unleashed on this world. And now some of the ones from popular fantasy can come and become real. 
Mm-hmm. And in this, we get the cop that they've been working with is now just trying to figure out what she wants to do. And she ends up deciding that she's going to basically be the Oracle of this, like the vampire super group mm-hmm. um, and work at the kitchen as well. So I really like that series um, on comiXology. And then getting into this week, we talked about Beckstrike. Mindset number one, Zach Kaplan over at um, Vault Comics. This is kind of a murder mystery with like Silicon Valley vibes. Mm-hmm. So this guy creates this app that is supposed to help people. Um, is constantly fighting with people on trying to like data mine all this crap. And through going through the process, he meets somebody that invests in him. They create this app together. And the idea is to help create better mindsets for people. Um, kind of a like... I don't know, uh, whatever you want to call it kind of app. Um, And his benefactor ends up dead and they believe that it's him that killed him. But he's convinced that he's found the key to mind control and that somebody else has stolen that and forced him to kill his benefactor. Interesting. Um, Very, it's a good issue. It's very wordy. Hmm. It's a long read, <laughs> but I really I liked Kaplan's work. So, Task Force Z number nine. Um, I I'm enjoying this series, but it's like I kind of want it to end. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at with it too. <laughs> like, yeah, it's I'm I'm even having a hard time remembering what happened because I know like they got into a fight, they go back to their new thing. They get a bunch of more resin and Mr. Flower is also working for this other group. Mr. Flower back and forth right now of like, (laughs) once they find us, it's going to happen. I'm just like, just get to the end. Like you've kind of dragged this out probably three or four issues too much at this point. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yes. they Um, have. I feel like they're trying to get 12 just to get 12 and not because the story demands 12. Yeah. But I, I still like the book. It's just, stretched uh venom lethal protector number three i really want you to read this book <laughs> really That's it's good. shitty villains the book oh nice okay um so there's like there's been a bounty out on venom's head so like all the shitty villains are coming out to try to like get it mm-hmm. so he gets to fight i don't remember the, the villain's name it's like the chance or something like that i've never heard of this villain before i had to look him up afterwards Okay. And they get into a fight and that's when Venom finds out that there's a bounty out for him. <laughs> and so he the next issue is him like I got to figure out who did it. But half of the book was also Venom goes to this lab and finds a way to get his powers so that he's no longer affected by sound. Okay. Um, so he gets this like injection and it fucks with the symbiote and like <laughs> he's walking down the street as Eddie and the symbiote just kind of goes nuts and like turns him into Obnoxio the clown, if you remember that villain. Yep. Um, and then turns him into like a pirate. What the hell? And, like all this shit. It's this weird fucking book, and I just I'm having so much fun with it. It's the exact opposite of what Donnie Cates' Venom was, uh-huh, which was kind of right. like 90s serious, where this is kind of 90s goofy. Yeah. Awesome. Um Captain America, symbol of truth, number two. Okay issue. 
would have been much better if it didn't revolve around trying to rescue Deadpool. That's about all I got. <laughs> There's a side story with Falcon, the the new Falcon. Okay. Where like he's trying to help these migrants. Um, that just kind of falls flat personally. I, I mean, I, I, I get they're trying to build up this Falcon and his own character, but I don't know. It's just kind of a thing that I've read a thousand times at this point in the cat book. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi number two. Um, are, are you still checking this book out or just not get to it? No, I think I, I, I can't remember if I read the second issue. I definitely read the first one. Because the second uh, issue is like a you book because it's basically yeah. them doing a werewolf story in Star uh-huh. Wars. Oh, uh, okay. They go to yeah, this outpost, yeah, and there's like some thing that happened, and one of the aliens who is basically a werewolf um, uh-huh. goes nuts and starts killing everybody. So oh, it turns awesome. into this like they're stuck in the dark and have to fight this werewolf story. That's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. And then last book I had was um, Public Domain. This is written and drawn by Chip Zdarsky. So this is the story of basically this guy who creates the the world's like most popular superhero. Okay. Um, and he's the artist for the series, and he's kind of happy going about his life and just being the guy who created it. Um, he lives in kind of a lower middle class thing, while the writer is like rich and lives in Hollywood and all this stuff. And during all this, um, they're taking shots at Marvel left and right. <laughs> um, the nice. domain is a part of phase five of the, I forget <laughs> what the comic company was called. Wow. But uh, phase five of their like thing. That's funny. And his kid is a beat reporter for an entertainment magazine. He ends up getting into it with like the actor who plays domain. Okay. Um, it's a really cool story. I like the back and forth. I like kind of the characters he's creating here. But at the end of the issue, um, the artist finds out that he actually has had the rights domain this whole time. Um, and that he never signed away his rights. So now oh. I kind of get the idea that they're going to go for that whole like fight for my property thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. beautiful art because it's chip and the story's pretty good. So I enjoyed it. Awesome. Mike, if that is everything I read this week, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? You can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter, and you can find the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter. And you can also find us at FortressComicNews.com. Remember, everybody, give us the like, subscribe, share, comment down below on the YouTube version, and to us five-star review on the podcast version, and also Patreon at Patreon.com slash Fortress Comics. Also, if you're this far, thank you for listening. And remember that today, as you're listening to this, the new merch is available if you want to pick it up. So go check those out. Um, It's fortresscomicnews.com slash TeePublic. Or you can just go straight to the website. There's a link at the top there to our TeePublic store with all the new designs. Um, I thought that came out really good, and I'm really happy about them. Yeah, looks awesome. So that's everything we have for this week. I want to thank you all for listening and watching. We'll see you all here next week. See ya.